Hello, and welcome to a really super special episode of Human Conversations with Kat. And I am really humbled, actually, to be joined by a very special friend and colleague of mine, a person, I can't believe you're making the time to do this today, Roy, because it's a special day, but this is none other than Roy R.C., a person who has taught me so much um, on my journey, but more importantly, Roy is a signatory to the Uluru Statement of the Heart and a part of the Uluru Dialogue leadership team. And we're 24 hours away from one of the most important days that this nation has had to face into for a little while. And I'm incredibly grateful to have you here today, Roy, to have a conversation with us about what this means and where this journey is going to take us. Mm, now, Kat, look, thank you for having me on your program and it's really important that we we have these conversations and and because there's a there's a lot of misinformation disinformation out there in relation to what's happening tomorrow and what tomorrow is all about and it's a it's a significant significant moment mm-hmm. for uh for aboriginal people in this country to be recognized as the traditional owners of of this country you know mm-hmm. and and uh, it's 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 so it's so important. Mm. And a lot of I, I love the connection back to the Uluru statement from the heart that you make because a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in the media is all politicised. But at the end of the day, this comes from a really fundamental place that is much more precious and respectful and about reconciliation than than I think the noise that we get given in the media so take us back to the the human face of this Roy what does this mean for you yeah Katrina I think you've made some very important points there about uh issuing the Uluru statement from the heart as a gift to the Australian people it was never a gift to the politicians this isn't about referendums aren't about politicians referendums aren't about politics mm-hmm. you know uh, federal elections are about the parliament and the politicians. A referendum is about the Australian people. This is a democracy. You know, the Constitution articulates that referendums are is for the benefit of Australian people to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why our old people and our people that were involved in the Uluru dialogues right around the country, some 1,300 uh, First Nations people, leaders from everywhere, Youth, youth representation, Aboriginal women, uh, people who spoke for country, native title groups, land council mob, they all come together uh, to issue the Uluru Statement from the heart as a gift to the Australian people. It was never to mm. the politicians. Mm. And, the politician, and the politicians turned it into a political statement and they're still mm. doing that today. This is not mm. about politics. Mm. This, this is about doing the right thing and giving the Australian people an opportunity tomorrow to cast their, uh, well, it's not their vote, it's either yes or no. Mm. And and uh, it's, it's an important day for the country. Mm. And it's all about the voice now, isn't it? And, and what does having a voice mean to you? Have you got a voice? Have you always had a voice? How does, how does this impact people's lives? Yeah, look, uh, I hear people in the media, social media, and people say, well, how's it going to change people's lives? How's a, how's a voice going to change, an Aboriginal voice going to change the lives of uh, uh, Aboriginal people? And I'll tell you how it will do that, Kat. We've been sharing stories, our people have been sharing stories for 60,000 years. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to share this story for the benefit of your listeners. There's this young Aboriginal boy who grew up on a reservation and he, his mother, was they lived in absolute poverty, welfare dependency. He didn't know who his dad was until he was well in his teens, 19, 20. And, uh, you know, he had... But, he had dreams, aspirations and goals, but had no voice. He was voiceless in his own country. So he, uh, you know, he, he grew up in, the, in that environment and, uh, you know, he, he wanted to, you know, emulate others. He, he, wa- he wanted to do something with his life because he had them dreams, aspirations and goals. And he, he went to that mission school. He's, the only non-Aboriginal person that he's seen at the time was, a, was his headmaster, his teacher. And that that non-Aboriginal person seen something in this young Aboriginal boy, you know, and 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 told him that education was very important. And so he he listened to his his non-Aboriginal teacher, which would be his principal. He'd then go on to high school, and then he'd buck against the system because again he found himself voiceless in a in a in an education system that really didn't uh, uh, listen to Aboriginal people. So he was told about Captain Cook in 1788. But then he was going home and listening to his uncles talking about time and a memorial in 60,000 years. And so he became confused and he, let, he was told to leave school that he wouldn't amount to anything, even though he had dreams, aspirations and goals, that he wouldn't amount to anything. He was just like the rest of them. And he believed that. So he ended up on the streets. Uh, he, he experimented with alcohol, drugs, gambling. And then two months after he turned 18, 18 this young Aboriginal boy woke up in prison. And he was looking at a long custodial sentence. He was in a four-by-four four concrete cell thinking this is his life mm. and thinking, of, thinking about, you know, checking out, becoming another statistic. And he was given a second chance. And his uncle came into his life and told him that he needed to turn that anger into advocacy. Mm. And he did. He got himself educated. And he found his voice, slowly but surely found his voice, and then once he found his voice, he found his confidence. He found his self-esteem. He found his purpose in life. And his purpose was to serve others, mm-hmm. empower others. And so he did. He went out and he done that. And then he, he ended up becoming the chairperson of the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. He, he spoke at the United Nations in New York and Geneva, in Switzerland, on behalf of all Aboriginal people in this country. And he bought a house two years ago that come from absolute poverty and welfare dependency. He advised two prime ministers in this country, mind you, that none of them listen, <laughs> and, and Katrina, that Aboriginal boy, with them dreams, aspirations and goals that had no voice, that found his voice, found his self-esteem and his confidence, is the man that you're talking to today. That mm-hmm. is my story, Katrina, and that's what a voice can do. So if you find it in your heart to vote mm-hmm. yes you will change. You will change Aboriginal kids' lives moving forward because this is not about Roy RC. This is not about us. This is a generational change. This is about the future. You know, this is, we're laying the foundations for future generations, just like how old people did uh, back for us, Katrina. And, mm-hmm. you know, for, I'll be forever grateful for our old people. They won't get to see the 14th of October. They won't get to witness what's hap- what happens tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, I will be doing everything in my power to ensure that people that are undecided, family members that are undecided, really need to find it in their heart to either say yes or no. And if you're going to say no, 
have an informed decision, have an informed mm. no. Yeah, and, and we live in a democracy. I'm not asking everyone to, you know, that you have to vote yes, no way. I don't want to insult the intelligence of your listeners. Mm. However, if they find it in their heart to say, yes, we want to, we've, we've heard enough and mm. we want to give other Aboriginal kids a voice to live their dreams, aspirations and goals. Mm. And, and you were kind enough to take me to that place where you grew up and we walked side by side there on the land of that that reservation earlier this year. And I think that's what people need to understand. As you said, it's the it's the kids, it's the upcoming generation, it's the families, it's the, the young men who aren't sure what to do with themselves that need to find a voice and a way forward. And I love that you're putting how that will happen. How does this impact lives? You know, what does it give people? What does it give Aboriginal people in particular? Yeah, and Katrina, you've come on that journey with me and I get a bit emotional about it because it, it's mm. a, it's an emotional journey. When your younger brother passes away at 40, mm. you know, and, and your older sister passes away at 52, it, it's real. The realisation is there and, you know, I lost my younger brother and I lost my older sister and, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty traumatic. Mm. And uh, people's... People ask me the question, "Why? Why do you do this?" And, and mm. I do this to to be of maximum service to others. Mm. Mm. You know, I've got a son who's a podiatrist. You know, he's a foot doctor, one of five or six foot doctor, trained foot doctors in the country. You know, I've yep. got a daughter. I've got a daughter who's a lawyer. I've got a a younger son, a fifteen year old, who's a terrific golfer. And my daughter's doing her HSC now. And you know. Yep. Uh, because I found my voice, mm. I, I've, I was given a voice and mm. I found it and mm. I, I'm my voice for, for my kids mm. and, and, for, and for others. I, I think that's, that's why I do this, my mother's legacy. My mother mm. was my mother and my father. Mm. You know, she was a strong, powerful woman and uh, she didn't, again, she didn't get the opportunity to be able to live the life that's on offer for everybody. You know, mm. and I said to someone in the previous interview that tomorrow people will wake up and, and you know, they'll go to golf or they'll go and vote before they go to golf or, or and they'll take their little kid, they'll take their kids to the shops and they'll go and have a picnic and they'll go to the beach and they'll go shopping and, and it'll be just another, another day for non-Aboriginal mm. people. But it's not, it's going to be different for us as Aboriginal people. If we wake mm. up on Sunday, it could be a whole different country a country that is inclusive, a country that says, yes, we, we are proud of the 60,000 years of mm. our First Nations people, and we want that. We don't want 250 years of history. We want 60,000 years. People mm. will accept our paintings, but they won't accept our culture. They won't accept mm. who we are as First mm. Nations people, and that's really, really important. Mm. And I'd love for us to all focus on that, that that's what waking up in that world can feel like what happens if you wake up and it's no how do you how what happens to how you feel about that and how you look at your kids and have that discussion with them yeah look at there's an old saying if nothing changes nothing changes mm. you know and that's what politicians want mm. that's what mundanes want that's what Jacinda Price want the, the no campaign they want they want the status quo. If nothing changes, nothing changes. They want things mm. to be the same. And mm. we live in a no. We live mm. in a no already. I oh, done an interview. I, I done an interview with a guy from Moree. It's on my TikTok, and 
and check it out. It's, my TikTok handle is Roy Boy. And I interviewed a guy from Alfie Presley from Moree, and he said his mother couldn't go to the swimming pool because she was Aboriginal. Now, we're talking, we're talking 40 years ago, mm. not even 40, 45 years ago. So the, the no's were, no, you couldn't go to the swimming pool. Mm. No, no, you couldn't go out at night. No, you couldn't sit up the front of the cinema. Mm. No, no, no uh, you, you weren't allowed to go to certain places. And Alfie's exact words were, why are you people still saying no? Yeah. Says it all, doesn't it, really? It's, um, there's a lot of conflict in the world at the moment, like with, you know, everything that's happened this week with, you know, war erupting in different parts of the world. And, and what you're saying really makes me think that we've got an amazing opportunity in Australia to be a place where we choose harmony and we actually improve things and we bring joy and togetherness and reconciliation and you wake up and it's a yes and it's not any more no's. It's not, you know, come and sit up at the bar with me, come and sit at the front of the bus. You know, what a difference that would be if Australia can wake up with harmony and, and joy rather than what's going on in other parts of the world. We can really stand out. And as you said, we can become a country of 60,000 years of togetherness, not, you know, whatever, couple of hundred years. And we want to enjoy the benefits. of Our people want to enjoy mm. the benefits of this country. You know, we want to wake up on Sunday morning and we go to golf and, you know, we, we want to take our kids on a picnic. We want to enjoy the beaches. We want to enjoy the lifestyle that's on offer in this country. You know, we want to be a part of the fabric of this country because mm. at the moment we're not. And I think Australian people will make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And and I hate to think that, you know, that it's going to be rejection of mm-hmm. 60,000 years. I, I'm hoping that it's going to be inclusive. And I, and I look at my kids and and, and I'll, I still go home to the reservation where I come from and people are still living in the same conditions, you know, that absolute poverty, welfare dependency. And that's mm-hmm. what this voice will do. This voice will be, we'll, we'll have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about our issues and, and that's saying that if, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu and and our people are not even at the table, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, who do better inform? And, and it's based on facts. The facts tell us that when, our, when Aboriginal people are involved, mm-hmm. when Aboriginal people get a say over, when Aboriginal people listen to, then you get meaningful change. You get outcomes, positive outcomes. That's why we need Aboriginal people to advise uh, politicians about our, our issues. Yeah. You know that we we want to you know uplift our people through economic uh, opportunities. You know economic empowerment for our people. We we want mm-hmm. that. We we want to be able to address them issues. Who better than to sit at the table to design okay. policy and laws for our mm-hmm. people that is going to affect future generations than Aboriginal people. Mm. No, it's it's not a big ask. No. And you've, you've been an advisor, as you said, to two prime ministers, so you've seen the power of being able to give that perspective and give that advice, but what a change it would be if that was formalised. As you said, it's at the table. It's not just a consulting service. It's that, no, here's your seat. You belong here. Sit by my side and let's do this together. Yeah, and, 
There's a lot of power in listening to our people. You know, mm. we have the so solutions. The bushfires, for example, are a really good example Absolutely. of of how if you incorporate Aboriginal knowledge, mm. uh, culture and, and experiences into policy and laws, then um, you, you get good outcomes. When the mm. bushfires come through a few years ago, you know, uh, it devastated country, but we had cultural burns on mm. the Central Coast. We, we, we burned off country through cultural burns and we saved all our scarred trees. We saved our sacred sites because we, we know country. Now, imagine mm. taking that into, into policy development, developing laws, the fish mm. kills in Menindee. Absolutely. You know, were, were atrocious, absolutely mm. atrocious. The ecosystem mm. was nearly wiped out because of the fish, the massive fish kills. Our, our people know how to deal with country. We know it. You know, we know the waterways. We we know how to we know how to live on country. And I think if we can embrace that and and use that as a part of the decision making process, we'll we'll get better outcomes for everybody mm. and the country mm. and for future generations. Mm. Mm. And everyone is appreciating more and more the expertise that you have in things like, you know, bush management and fire management. But I love the statement you made before about you'll take our art, our, the art but not the seat at the table. And it's like we can't cherry pick this and say, oh, I would like your fire knowledge, please, and your art, but no, actually no, no to other things. So even pretty... out, Yeah, and, and it is, Kat, like and it's... I mean, the totems, our coat of arms, you know, they're our totems. Mm. You know, the kangaroo, kangaroo and emu, you know, they're, they're very significant to us and there's very powerful stories behind them totems on the coat of mm. arms, you know, yeah. And people will internationally, um, you know, look at our, tot uh, our coat of arms, but really at the end of the day, um, you know, it, the story behind it is, 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 is our stories. You know, mm. and would and don't you want a, that to be inclusive and a part of Absolutely. the the whole fabric of this country? Mm. And I I think coming back to the Uluru statement from the heart, you know, if people listen to this story of yours and listen to the perspective and understand that yes is just saying yes to being included, it comes back to that heart, doesn't it? Just vote with your heart. You know what to do. You know what the right answer is. And that's where it comes from, you know. We've got to turn up tomorrow and engage both our heart and our mind, I think, in this process and just know what the right thing is to do. Yeah, Katrina, you taught me that about the hearts and minds and, you mm. know, I've always taken that with me and it's such a powerful, it's it's such a powerful use of, you know, language and, and you know, information changes situations. Mm. So you've got to be informed. And, and a closed mind, you know, someone said to me, a closed mind is like a closed fist. Mm. You can't receive anything. Whereas yeah. if you if you go into that ballot box tomorrow with an open mind, mm. Mm. You, you're going to receive something, but you're also going to give something. Mm. Mm. So that's all I asked is that you, when when the time comes for you and your conscience, and it's just you and your conscience mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because nobody will know. However, the benefits for our our young kids who've got dreams, aspirations and goals to uplift mm. them, to make them feel proud because this is about our kids, mm. you know, and uh, I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, Australians will, you know, will we'll make the right decision.
Mm. They, we're, love- we're, we're underdogs, Kat, in this process. Mm. And it's that's just a phenomenal concept, isn't it? It's like how can you be underdogs in a process that's all about your rights and your quality of life and your inclusion. But I love how you just said that it's um it it's giving a gift. Like yes is giving something. And I think what's happened is people are running around worrying that they're gonna lose something. It's all about what am I going to lose? It's being catastrophized. But it's as simple as give the gift of a yes so that we can move forward and that we're doing this together and that, you know, you are a part of everything. And it is. I can see where people are coming from, particularly the politicians when they play this political game. You know, they're using mm. fear, that fear, that self-centred fear, fear that you're not going to get something or fear that you're going to lose something. Mm. And that's that's what the politicians are playing on. And, mm. and again, this is not about politics. It, it no. really isn't about politics. This is about people. It, referendums, referendums, we haven't had one. If you're 45 or 43 years of age and under, you haven't mm. voted in a referendum. Mm. You know, that's an interesting um, stat. So, uh, yeah, come on, Australians. You that's know, it. We, 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 need, we, need, we need your support and, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Let's hope that people go and they take that pencil and they open their mind, as you said, and they give the gift of a, a yes and, and we know what the right thing to do is. Thank you, yeah. Roy. Katrina, look, um, thank you so much and I, and I hope that your listeners embrace uh, uh, the full conversation and, mm-hmm. and, and if you're undecided and you're still undecided and there is a lot of people that are undecided mm-hmm. yet, to, yet to cast their vote, I'm just hoping that, you know, that story of that young Aboriginal boy mm. plays, uh, is in your mind when it's time to cast mm. your vote. Absolutely. He's he's always a pleasure to meet that young Aboriginal boy who turned into the most influential man with such a wonderful family. Congratulations and all the best. And um, we are incredibly grateful for you being here today and helping to give some knowledge to people who are looking for knowledge on what to do. Thank you, Roy, and good luck. Thank you, Kat. God bless. Thank you.